Welcome to the Faith Mamas Podcast. I'm Dominique. I'm Ryan. And I'm Janice. We're just three mamas who love God. We're not perfect and we mess up a lot. But we have been called to a mighty work, motherhood. We're on this journey with you. Yes, it gets messy. There are days you might cry. But we're here to remind you, you are not alone. We're in this together. Faith Mamas is a place where we can connect, laugh, and even cry together. It's a beautiful community. Motherhood brought us together. Christ holds us together. Welcome to the Faith Mamas Podcast. Hello, Faith Mamas. We are back for another episode of the Faith Mamas Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about faith and relationships. So often, our relationships with our children, our spouses, our friends, our families, they require faith and growth and a lot of work and a lot of love. (laughs) But how do we walk by faith in our relationships when they are hard? How do we do it when they seem to be going well and things are easy? So I'm excited to jump into this topic today. We are going to talk about it. But before we do, I'm going to kick it over to my sister, Janice. And she's going to tell us a little bit about the mom life roll call. Absolutely. So how can we talk about relationships, ladies, and faith if we don't talk about one of the most important relationships we have, and that is with our children. And so during this segment of the show, it is our mom life roll call. This is where we actually talk about our experiences as moms. Those experiences may be good ones. They may be bad ones. They most of the time are pretty funny ones. And sometimes they make you want to throw something. But we try not to talk about those too much. Okay, maybe not. But anyway, so what we're going to do, normally we go into the Faith Mama Virtual Village that is on Facebook. Please continue to post there. I am going to this time, though, hand it over to Ryan because she told us at the beginning of the call she has a plenty mom life moment and so I'm definitely going to let Ryan share but ladies keep posting because we're reading them and we're crying and laughing and praying with you as we read your moments in the village there's quite a few that jump out but one that's super cute it is involves my daughter Brooklyn who will be four in two very short months so we put her on like a vitamin regimen during this winter season trying to keep her healthy from catching the sniffles and the yuckies and the flu and all that good stuff. So I was trying to explain to her like why we take vitamins. Like we take vitamins to keep our immune system strong and, you know, they help you grow and get big and strong. So um, she takes a vitamin one, one day and the next day she goes, she goes to bed. The next day she wakes up. She's like, mommy, I think we have to get some more vitamins because they didn't work. I'm still small. Like she was expecting to wake up as like a full grown adult after <laughs> she took these vitamins <laughs> and had to explain to her like, whoa, 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 that's not, that's not quite how it works. Like you're going to grow over time. But yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious because she thought she was like, no, nah, I'll take these back to the store. They didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mom life. I feel like I have the mindset oh. of, of almost four year old when I try to work out and I'm like, wait, but it didn't work though. Like, <laughs> I'm still not small. <laughs> right. I mean, I was on the elliptical for 30 minutes. Why are my calf muscles not like, <laughs> right? Why did I lose three pounds already? Right. Right. Still the same weight. <laughs> I feel you, Brooklyn. I, I understand. Mm-hmm. 
I get it. Man, mom life, so awesome. Well, speaking of life, <laughs> you really can't go through life without being in relationships with somebody, right? Whether it's a friend, a romantic relationship, a coworker. In my relationships, I was basically a big bag of unspoken expectations. And I would go into different relationships with my friends, with my husband, with my kids, and I would have all these expectations in my mind and, you know, not share them. And then lo and behold, what happened next? Disappointments. But it's interesting because it seems like there's a very different way that God wants us to handle relationships. So let's talk about it. We're going to jump into Romans chapter 12 verse 3 through 8, and I'm going to throw it over to my sister, Janice. All right, so I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. Um, Romans 12, verse 3 says, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as a standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another, with each contributing to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each, of, each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it as often to use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper and your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. Well, in this passage of scripture, we see um, how we relate to one another. And it's interesting because it's less about what I can get from the other person and more about what I bring to the table. Oftentimes, when we think about what we want versus what we can give, our relationships kind of are wonky. And I don't know about you, but I've looked at relationships like that for years. Like I would say things like, I want a husband, as opposed to I'm ready to learn how to be a wife. Or I want children, as opposed to I desire to learn how to be a mother. Or I want a friend, as opposed to I desire to be a friend. It seems that faith in relationships may cause us to look more at the gift that we bring to the table as opposed to what we can consume from the table. So my question is, what do you ladies think? Do you think a faith-filled perspective on relationships would cause us to look at relationships as givers instead of consumers? Or do you think that the consumer mindset is okay? The honest answer for me is like, of course, you want to like say, I want to say that like what I bring to the table is like valuable, you know what I mean? Like to whatever relationship I'm in. 
um, and you want to like feel that in a relationship that you are valued um, and you and you often come to the table like yep here are all the attributes that I bring but when you flip it based on the scripture and um, flip your mindset as to what you can give it's like it, this scripture is really teaching us to take on um, more of that like humble servant attitude mm. um, like Jesus did uh, because like let's face it like Jesus could he, the man could walk on water literally <laughs> and like he he could have in any relationship he could have very well like toot his own horn at any moment in time um, because he is the son of God like with all power of the universe and but the way he approaches relationships is like is truly with a servanthood about him. And I'm reminded of a story in the Bible where he washes their feet. And he did that as an act of service to them, even though like they could have very well, you know, done the same thing for Jesus because of all that he's done for them and all that he's given them. But his, his, him taking a perspective of I'm going to, be a servant in this relationship is is really what the scripture is teaching us now is it all that easy to do in real life for me absolutely not because i want to think i'm awesome and i bring all these wonderful things to people's lives but um but it's it's a very interesting um it definitely pushes you it definitely stretches you in a way to really truly give and to serve Oh, Ryan, you can talk for five more minutes because I've been struggling with this question. When I read the question and think about it, I, I was thinking from a, a slightly different dimension in that I feel like a lot of times as women and moms and wives and mothers, we go in giving a lot to relationships that we're in. However, for me, I feel it's a false sense of giving because I give because I feel it's my role when the truth is I think I give to the people I give because I truly desire to consume that sounded confusing didn't it but it's the truth like a lot of times I feel I'm giving in this scenario this relationship because the truth is I really wish someone would do this thing for me and so for some reason in my life I feel I've I've gone into relationships and I've given things not always because I authentically just wanted to but I feel there was this underlying thing there in which I was like well if I do this enough they'll see I'm a really nice person if I do this enough maybe it'll prompt them to want to do something nice back for me and what happens when you're giving that way and and notice I wasn't giving out of a faith-filled perspective I was giving out of lack um then it caused me to be a consumer an undercover consumer because I wasn't getting what I wanted but I was trying to trick people into getting what I want I hope that made sense yeah no that made perfect sense and I think I know I can relate to the undercover consumer. <laughs> like when you said it, I was like, ooh, yep, yep. I think I undercovered consume today. <laughs> so that was, yeah. So I have to kind of tweak the second question because you guys brought up some really good points about the servant nature of Christ and then also about this false sense of servanthood where we're really trying to consume. So my question is, what do you think stops us from truly serving. I think part of it is one, and a lot a lot of times we we aren't forgiving. So the one moment the person you're serving hits you wrong, you shut down. I'm not serving you anymore. Or you pull back some. 
And I think the second, a second part to that is as we were reading um, the scripture in Romans, there were verses that started talking about how everyone has a certain gift that's activated. And I think sometimes what happens is if you don't know what your gift is, then you, you don't, and you don't realize that you don't have to do all these things. Like you don't have to be all of it. You can just play your part. You end up um, not wanting to serve because you're trying to do more than you're actually called to do. So you're, you're out of your bounds. And so instead of staying in your lane, you're trying to be everything in relationships when you're not supposed to be everything in certain relationships. In some relationships, you're supposed to play a certain role at a certain given time. And that's the lane you stay in. I'll give an example. Um, my daughter's five. And right now, I'm mommy. And when she's about 25, I'm going to still be mommy, but we'll probably be a little bit more on a friendship level. You get what I'm saying? Like right now, we're not girls where she can just talk to me anyway and we can just roll like that because I, I, I'm teaching her things. Am I, am I already inside her friend? Yeah, but it's not a role that I'm going to play right now. Right now it's mommy, teacher, you know, caring and, and training. And at some point it'll switch. But when I'm trying to be everything at one time, it's convoluted. And then I'm mad in the relationship when she hits me back with the girlfriend comment, like we cool like that. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so I think sometimes that's what we end up doing. We end up, um, getting frustrated in relationships because we're probably not forgiven because we're upset about something and people hit us wrong. And then we're, we're trying to play, we're wearing too many hats and we're all over the place and we're not flowing in that, the gift and the very thing or, or the position we're supposed to be holding in a relationship at a given time. I think to add to that too, Janice, is like the thing that sets us up to fail is kind of like what Dominique talked about in the beginning a little bit is like having these expectations and not communicating them to whoever you're in relationship with. So like, that's not like undercover. I'm, I'm really trying, I'm really doing this because I want you to do this for me. And instead of just being upfront, like, you know, Hey, I need some support in X, Y, Z area. Can you help me out with this one thing versus like only doing something to get something in return? It's almost kind of like, <laughs> it's I'm sure you guys can relate as moms it's almost kind of like when your kids try to butter you up like if you're in the store or something and they see something that they want and all of a sudden they're on like their best behavior and mommy I love you and you're so awesome and give me a can I have a hug and all that they want to be all affectionate with you but it's really because like they, they see that candy over there in aisle three that they want so it's we do the same things as adults like to each other and just um, in, in the same exact kind of, not to elementary, make it so elementary, but we do the same thing to each other as adults when, um, and then when those expectations are not met, then we get frustrated. And then that's when we're like, okay, the love, the love stops. I'm pulling, like you said, Janice, I'm pulling it all back. I'm snatching it all away because you didn't, you didn't do for me like I thought that you would. And said, and, and that expectation is never communicated. So it's almost kind of like you're holding somebody accountable for something that they didn't even know they were supposed to be doing. And it's like ends up being this crazy cycle that just can sometimes be a little vicious. As you guys were talking, what I kept, what kept hitting my heart was that we have one savior and his name is Jesus, but we want to make everyone else our savior. Like we want this friend to save us from loneliness. We want this husband to save us from having to do all these things. We want this child to save us from feeling like we 
don't have an identity or worth in our life. We want all these people to save us. And the honest to goodness truth is that people are broken. We all need Jesus. And when we start leaning on one another as a savior, that's when we get in such big trouble. That's when we get in such big trouble. So as you guys are talking, that's what was popping in my head is just like these unspoken expectations, the things that we don't say. Why don't we say them? Because we want someone to save us. A savior, a hero doesn't need to know because they already do because they're a savior, they're a hero. That's what we want. But the truth of the matter is when we're in relationships with others, we have to recognize that there's brokenness and they need that same savior that we need. What are some things that I want people to save me from? What are some of those things that I am in relationship with people and I'm constantly looking for them to save me from certain things? I'm constantly having all these unspoken expectations and they really are just a cry to be saved from a certain area or certain mindset in my life. Ah, okay. I'll be a little vulnerable and transparent here. So my husband and I will be celebrating five years of marriage this coming May. I will definitely say at the beginning of our marriage that I was looking to him to prove my worth to myself. And until I truly understood who I was, not as a wife or, you know, uh, all the other titles, but not not as a wife, I had to understand who I was as the daughter of the king. And until I knew truly my identity in Jesus Christ, it was like, it was hard. It was really, 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 really difficult because, you know, there would be times where like, I would just kind of sometimes like self-sabotage certain conversations or situations because I was like looking for my husband to validate me as a woman. And really, like, the only validation that I need comes from my Heavenly Father. And it took me a really long time to understand that and to learn my true identity. Um, I, I can say that maybe I thought going into marriage, like, you know, that, like, oh, okay, someone chose me. It means I'm worth something now. And that's yeah, the man who chose me who died on a cross for me first and foremost. He's the he's the first one who chose me. And I had to really truly understand that. And once I like kind of got that embedded in my spirit and that truly became who I am, um, I realized my true identity and my true worth is in Jesus and Jesus alone. Um the thing the the things in my marriage definitely started to um be at peace because I wasn't looking to my husband to um, validate me as a woman. For me, I, a lot of times in relationships, I feel I overcompensate. I'm overly nice. I um, am, I end up a lot of times being very lenient and putting myself on the back burner. I feel it has something to do with my value um, as well, but I feel a lot of it too is because I want people to accept me for who I am. So I feel if I go in accepting you for who you are and being really caring and understanding that at the time when I need grace and mercy, you'll give me the same thing. And so what Ryan said was very true, even um, in my situation, because I realized 
the truth is, read the rest of Romans, it will tell you that grace and mercy was given to me through Jesus Christ. And so even sometimes people are different. We harbor things, we hold things, we're not as forgiving, we may not be as understanding. And so a lot of times I think I was looking for the validation from others to say, hey, let me just make sure I'm kind. So in the event I need you to reciprocate kindness to me, you do it. Um, I let a lot of stuff slide and I would allow myself in many situations, work relationships, friendships, to let things go when the truth was I was kind of hoping that one day people would treat me the same. Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes it won't happen, but even if they did or didn't, Christ already did all those things. I'm already forgiven. He's already given me grace. I already have mercy. I can come to him when I need help. I can come to him and confess that I made mistakes and he's there to help me um, get past those and, and to walk me through them as opposed to holding me hostage. So for me, I think that's the thing I, I don't think I know. That is the thing I walk in a lot of times. And again, it's a false sense of um, security because honestly, when I let people slide by and just do things, I'm not holding them accountable to be who they were created to be. And then I'm taking an unnecessary burden that on that I should not take. And actually you do people a disservice to not um, have them to be who they're supposed to be, to not, you know, and it doesn't mean just because you call someone to the, to the mat on a certain thing, you have to not do it in love. Love is actually saying, hey, you know, let's talk through this. Let's, uh, let's work through this. Or now I'm not going to do that right there. And it doesn't matter because I'm not going to do it because it's not the right thing. Now I'm going to let it slide because, oh my goodness, one day when I need grace and mercy, I hope you let me slide. You know, that's not why we do stuff. So anyway, I hope that makes sense. It's a lot of me just expecting out of people, giving more, doing more than I should have, and really just not allowing people to grow to be who they should be because I always wanted someone to, you know, to have that, to give me a second chance. That's how I look at it. I'm like, I want somebody to give me a second chance if I made a mistake. So why not just turn the blind eye to things and that's not the way you should handle things. So Yeah. You know, I, man, y'all's answers are so beautiful, and mine's about to be real messy. So let me give you my messy answer. I realized through this conversation that I want people to save me in every area of my life. And so let me explain. So I realized just, just today, right, I was feeling overwhelmed because I got, had gotten to the end of my day, and I just felt like I had so much stuff to do. And I looked at my husband like, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> do something. And he's, he's looking at me like, and, and, and if, I'm thinking, if I'm thinking clearly, which I wasn't, I'm like, you know, he's always been there to help and things like that. You know, I was sick and he was so awesome. And he, yeah. But in that moment, I was like, I'm drowning. Can't you see? Throw me a raft or something. And he's like, no, I can't see you're drowning. There's no water. We are in the living room. And so I'm upset, you know, and I realizing through that conversation that that is just me. Um, and, and what I realized I do is I run, run, run so hard, expecting that the people around me are going to catch me when I fall. And that's not the case. And, you know, then what happens when I realize that people don't catch me, what do I do? I say, well, I'm just not going to do it no more. And God's like, no, what I need you to learn how to do is I need you to learn how to bring yourself to the table in a balanced way, in a way in which I need you to come to me and say, God, how do I manage my life better? 
as opposed to saying, well, I'm just not going to do it because ain't nobody going to save me at the end of the day. Who's out for me? And I realized it's in every area. Like I even, as we're talking, like God is getting on me even about motherhood and the way that I deal with my children. Like, I don't know if anybody's ever said this, but it's like, you ain't going to embarrass me when we out here in public. And God's like, that's just you wanting your kids to save your pride, to make you feel like you're doing something good. Or you want, like, God's like, in every area, you're even putting this savior mentality on your children, <laughs> like wanting them to save you. And so what I'm realizing through this conversation is I'm like, oh, Lord, <laughs> it's, it's in every area. And I think as humans, we recognize we need a savior, which is the truth. Like, it's like innate. We know we need a savior. But the problem is, oftentimes we try to make one another that that savior because i don't know we just do i do and i'm realizing that it's happening in all areas like even with the the finances i'll be honest y'all this thought has even crossed my mind i don't even want to say it out loud but i'm since we're being vulnerable this thought has crossed my mind i'm going through a really hard financial patch and I'm like, God, what about all them people I helped? They ain't coming back to help me now. I'm struggling. Really, that just sounds so horrible. But it's like kind of like this, you think you have this reserve. You're really just giving, like Jeremy said, to you're giving so that in hopes that somebody would will save you at the end of the day. And you may not recognize it when it's happening. Um, but when those thoughts pop up, it really is like, this is a savior mentality. And it's almost as if, I can't be who I'm designed to be and I can't let the other person be who they're designed to be if I'm not first making sure that my savior focus is on Jesus and not on someone else. And so I realized that. So my next question, y'all, how do we put everyone in the, the right bucket? Like, how do we focus on Jesus as the savior and let people be people? Like, how do we... We may not have all the answers today, but how do we focus on Jesus as the Savior? Let him be the Savior and then be okay with people being people, bringing their own unique gifts to the table. They might not be have the same gifts as mine. They have their own unique gifts, letting them be them, letting me be me, and letting Jesus be the Savior. Uh, for me, it's something that's super hard to do, especially like just as like a woman and a wife and a mom and all these things, like I love to nurture people. I love to take care of the people around me, you know, like my, my husband, my children, my family, my friends, like my, my little brother, like I treat him like he's my kid. (laughs) I, I just, I love to um, be kind of that, like everything for everyone. But I know that, like you said, Dominique, when you just run, 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 run so hard, you drive yourself into the ground and you're left there holding the bag like, where's everybody else when I'm, you know, there for everybody else all the time. And for me, what I've really had to learn is like to just accept people for just accept people as they are and where they are and really, truly understand that God has his own divine plan and will for each individual person um, in our lives. And we have to allow God to be God. Um, 
and I had a conversation similar to this with my therapist a few months back and um she told me she had this like coffee mug that she drinks out of every morning and um on the coffee mug it says um I do not need your help today and it's signed by God (laughs) and and it's like that always sticks out to me because it's so poignant because it's like yeah God can be God he can be God in you know in my husband's life in my children's life in in my my family's life my siblings lives like he can he's capable of doing all that so if I just take my hands off of it and just let God be God and allow him to work his plan through everybody else, even though it may not align with my expectations or what I think other people should be doing. Like I really truly had to come to terms with a lot of things, especially this past year of, of you know, just loving people where they are and allowing God to, to just do his thing because um, me trying to like meddle and mess with all the pieces and um, the inner workings of everyone else's lives is like, it's futile and it's exhausting and it doesn't allow me as um, Ryan to uh, operate in the space that God's called me to operate because I'm too worried about what everybody else is doing. Absolutely, Ryan. That is awesome. Um, The two things I was thinking about when you asked that question, Dominique, and the first thing is, in order to know that Jesus is your savior, you need to spend some time with him and understand exactly what that means. And I'm saying that to myself because I've been really focused lately on understanding what that is. If you have not read the book of Romans as we have, but what a month ago, that is a really good place to kind of start and take a look. I would encourage people to kind of look at what he did and what it meant when as him being our savior and the gospels are another great place to kind of just learn more about Jesus and who he is in our life. And I believe that God will show you that. So that's the first thing, like knowing when you say he's your savior, how do you you make sure we know that? Well, we need to know him because you don't know what you have and what he's done if you don't study and spend some time with him. The thing I started doing is I check my motives. And that normally is a good indicator as to whether or not I need to do a certain thing in a relationship. And I'll give an example. Oh, this is being vulnerable. Typically, when I give people money, if someone asks for money, they need it. Um, I typically never let people borrow from me because humans don't mean any harm. But if you're already in a pinch and you borrow from me, then you have to pay me back. You have to pay whoever else you have to pay back. And to me, you're already in a hole. So if I can't give a gift to someone financially, I typically, I just won't give. And so... I do that because I don't want to be disappointed if you can't pay me back. And I don't want stuff hanging over your head that I got to pay Jermise. And I do that because I don't want people to walk around feeling that it feels terrible. And so what God started having me doing is if I can't do something, I don't. But if I can, I do. But when I do it, my motive in doing it isn't because, you know, some people loan you things or give you things because they're down payment to come back to you later on when they have a, <laughs> when they have a need. I don't like to do that to people because why it's like kind of tying something around someone's neck and kind of to me making them a slave to you because you're expecting them to do something for you because um, you help them. So I don't like to do that kind of stuff. And so what God taught me, even he started me there with finances. And it's funny because I think he's telling me to do that in other areas of my life. Check my motive. Why am I doing it? Why am I giving? Whether it's finances, time, whatever you're giving, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because 
someone expects you to do it? Are you doing it because you want them to do something for you later? Or are you just saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. No strings attached. God, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to give 100%. And if they never even say thank you or never even acknowledge that I did it, I'm doing it because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. And so for me, it's check your motive. I always have to check, check my motive. Why am I doing it? Because then I realize a lot of times when I check my motive and I'm doing it from the right place, um, I don't feel like I've lost anything. I don't feel the hurt. I'm not upset. I'm not sad. I don't not worry about expecting anything because my motive was to do what I needed to do in that time. And that was it. And that was good. And I, I don't even want to get off this call because I feel like something is coming alive in me um, for relationships. And I'll be honest. This, what I'm about to say, I've never tried it before, but it's kind of based on this conversation, something that I want to try. Um, and that is to remind myself, I'm not God. Kind of going back to what Ryan was saying, you guys were saying, remind myself of I'm not God and then start listing the things that God does. You know, God is a healer. God is the provider. God is the way maker. God, like list out those things. And if I find myself trying to be the way maker for somebody, that's not me. I'm not God. If I find myself trying to be the provider for somebody, it's different from giving, but like I'm literally trying to be the provider for some. I'm trying to, God didn't tell me to, I am trying to fix their situation. That's not me. I'm not God. And so as we were talking, God is like, you have to recognize who I am so that you can know who you are. So that you can know your gifts. At the beginning, we talked about um, that scripture in Romans that talked about, you know, knowing your gifts and giving your gifts to the other members of the body of Christ. But if you're, if we're so busy trying to be God, then are we giving ourselves? And then if we're so busy trying to be God, this hit me too, are we staying in relationships that we shouldn't be? Like, if we're so busy trying to be, like, once we stop trying to be God, like our vision get real clear all of a sudden and we start recognizing, oh, I, it's not who, I'm not the one that's supposed to save you. And it's not, it's, it's not a bad thing. Like, I feel like I have to sit there for a minute because I feel icky saying it. Like, but I'm not, like, I have to accept that. I'm not the one that can save you. I am not the one that I, I have to say it again. I'm not the one that can save you. I am not the one that can save me. I am not the one that can save anybody. And so just remembering who God is will give me a better picture of who I am. And like, as I'm just doing that, that activity in my brain, I'm thinking about all the things I need to stop. <laughs> like all the things I need to stop doing right now, because, you know, I'm tired and I'm burning out because I'm trying to be God and then I'm looking for a savior because when I burn out, I become face to face with the fact that I'm human and I'm not God. So now I recognize I need a savior all of a sudden because my humanity smacked me in the face and now I'm looking at another human trying to save me and all this could be alleviated if I just remind myself, I am not God. I am not the savior. I am not the way maker. I am not the, the, the healer. I am not the provider. I'm Dominique. And then we can start talking about what, what my personal gifts are that I can bring to the table. Um, but before I can even talk about what my personal gifts are, I have to take off all that I'm not so that I can give who I am. Um, so I'm going to throw it over to my sister, Janice, as she gives us some closing thoughts, and then we're going to go ahead and pray out. 
Absolutely. Listen, ladies, we would love to hear from you. Um, what relationships is God asking you to shift your perspective on? So let's talk about it. We want you to leave a comment or send us an email at podcast at faithmamas with an S dot org. And hey, don't forget to pick up your Faith in Relationships Power Pack and continue this conversation with your friends and family. Father God, we come to you right now. We just thank you so much, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit um, gracing us with your presence, Lord God, on this podcast episode, Father God. Lord God, I pray for every uh, person and listener um, who listens to this episode, Lord God, that we take on your image, Lord God, in our relationships, Father God, and that relationships will be healed and transformed and restored or um, separated, Lord God, based on your will, Father God. But help us as moms and as women, Father God, not to take on the Savior complex, Father God, but to allow you, Lord, to be God in each and every person's lives that we come into contact with, Father God. So we ask, Lord God, that you would be our strength in that, Father God. And when we try to step in and 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 do your job for you, God, remind us, Father God, that we are human, Lord God, and that we cannot do what you can do, Father God. Um, gently correct us, Father God, and have us to take a seat, Father God, and put our hands behind our backs, Lord God, and just let you be God. Let you take the lead, Lord God. Mm -hmm. So God, we thank you so much, Lord, for um, your spirit and your presence on this episode, Lord God. Uh, we ask that this would be uh, transformational in the lives of so many people, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you. We give your name all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.